0: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the New Thought Project. I am your host, Benjamin Tankersley, and we have a deliciously thoughtful show for you today. Um, I'm going to be discussing hate speech, uh, the pros, the cons, and really why legislating it can be so dangerous. Um, But I'd like to hear all of your thoughts on hate speech as well. Uh, You guys can always email me anytime, and um, like always, I'll try to respond as quickly and timely as I can. Uh, No promises, but uh, I love lively debate. I love civil discourse, so... So please um, hit me up at my email. Uh, if you guys don't know it, um, it's the new thought project at gmail.com. Pretty simple. Um, and if you guys know me, you can always uh, find my Facebook and, and whatnot as well. Um, just type in The New Thought Project. <clears throat> but for our show today, um, I'm going to be talking about whether or not hate speech even exists here in the United States. Uh, should it be enforced or treated as a criminal offense like we see in places like Canada and some places in Europe? Um, or should it be considered an act of violence, like some college campuses are trying to enforce, some college students um, are advocating for this? And I'd, again, I'd like to hear your thoughts on all of this. Let's dive right into it. Um, let's go to Canada. <laughs> Did you guys know that in places like Canada and areas of Europe, it is actually a criminal act to speak hatefully? You see, Canada has something like the Constitution called the Fundamental Freedoms. Um, in the Fundamental Freedoms Uh, point two, it says everyone has the following fundamental freedoms. A, freedom of conscience and religion. B, freedom of thought, belief, opinion, and expression, including freedom of the press and other media of communication. So that's similar to the United States' uh, constitution, freedom of speech, you know, all that, but they take it a step further. Uh, What they don't tell you under this point is that in Canada's criminal code, there exists something such as Hates. uh, I'm sorry, hate propaganda. And this is essentially, um, it's a code, like I said, it's a criminal code, but it essentially talks mainly about genocide. Uh, it addresses hate speech as well. Um, in this criminal code, um, I, I'm, I encourage everyone to check it out. Uh, fact check me on all of this, everything I say. Um, you know, if I'm wrong about anything, again, email me. Um, I would love to, to be corrected. And, um, You know, because I'm all about truth. I don't want to lead you guys astray. But again, go check it out for yourselves. Um, The Criminal Code of Canada, you can find it on their website, on uh, Canada's governmental website. Um, But in the Criminal Code of Canada, there's this section titled Public Incitement of Hatred. Um, Let's see, You go down to point 319.1. It states, Everyone who, by communicating statements in any public place, Incites hatred against any identifiable group where such incitement is likely to lead to a breach of the peace is guilty of A. An indictable offense and is liable to imprisonment for a term not exceeding two years or B. An offense punishable on summary conviction. Marginal note, willful promotion of hatred. Um, and then they go on to say, everyone who by communicating statements other than in private conversation willfully promotes hatred against any identifiable group is guilty of A, an indictable, indictable offense and is li- liable to imprisonment for a term not exceeding two years or B, an offense punishable on summer, uh, summary conviction. So they say, you know, y- you can't express hatred towards any identifiable group. That would be anybody that has an identifiable group. You cannot express hatred towards them. And they try to make it as clear as they can. A purposeful, um, willful, they, state, they say that word several times, the willful promotion of hatred, right? You're actively, um, consciously trying to bring these people down. And listen, I, I'm not sitting here saying we should be doing that, but I am arguing for the right to do that. Um, Because I think if we as citizens have the right to do that, it's going to breed a more um, thick-skinned population and society. Also, if we start imposing punishments on it, it's going to open the doors to all kinds of things. So this is dangerous. It's dangerous because uh, there's no specific definition for what entails hate here. Um, I mean, it tries to outline it by saying, you know, willfully promoting hatred against identifiable groups. But it doesn't really say which words, which phrases uh, you can and can't say. Um, it, it does go on to say that the person being accused can be acquitted if they prove that they were speaking from opinion. Uh, and and it's that defense is stated here. Um, if he establishes that the statements communicated were true... And that's point A and point B, if in good faith the person expressed or attempted to establish by an argument an opinion on a religious subject or an opinion based on a belief in a religious text. So point A is talking about um, if it's a true statement and somebody just gets offended by it, and point B states you know if it's in a holy book, if it's in the Bible, the Quran, uh, Book of Mormon, if, if that is the expression and they just repeated it, um, they cannot be penalized for it. But I want to address point A real quick, uh, and that would be if he establishes that the statements communicated were true. This is scary because without evidence, would that person still be locked up? Like, it, at that point, it becomes a burden on him to prove he is, in fact, innocent. And so that wouldn't really work in a court of law, at least in the United States, because, you know, as, as messed up as our criminal justice system is right now, I believe it's still you are innocent until proven guilty, And so this sets up the platform for somebody to simply point their finger and say, hey, he said this, and all of a sudden you have to come up with evidence to defend yourself. As it states in the the article here, it says, if he establishes that the statements communicated were true. So that's, to me, that's just scary. Uh, But even if the statement was true, uh, does that make it? Hate or not hate? I mean, is hate just a lie, or can you say something truthfully and hatefully? There's just a lot of open doors and possibilities um, laid out here that uh, I feel like they they thought, (laughs) I feel like Canada thought it covered uh, all the uh, the bases, but um, I don't think they did a very good job. Essentially, someone speaks something offensive, and then they have to prove that they were right to avoid prison. I, I just, I, I don't know, I find that baffling. Um, and then point B, if in good faith the person expressed or attempted to establish by an argument an opinion on a religious subject or an opinion based on belief in a religious text, what does good faith here mean? The problem with this whole document is the issue of subjectivity. Anyone can interpret in good faith to mean whatever they like and prosecute someone based on their own agenda. Uh, I mean, that's part of the issue here. It's anybody can make up their definition for what good faith means. If in good faith, the person expressed or attempted to establish by an argument, yada, yada, yada. Well, who's to say what good faith is? A judge? The the person who's accusing? The, the defendant? It's just not very well. Uh, it's just not set up very well. Um, again, it's just subjectivity. Um, and then the other part is attempted, quote, attempted to establish by an argument. The, the whole thing being, if in good faith the person expressed or attempted to establish by an argument an opinion on a religious subject or an opinion based on a belief in a religious text. So, I in my mind, I'm just thinking of this scenario. You're walking in Canada and let's say you meet a homosexual person and you point in the Bible, and you say, and you get to talk, and you don't just, you know, call out, you know, names and condemn them or anything, but you simply say, you know, the Bible does say that homosexuality is a sin, as are other sexual immoralities and adultery and divorce and all that. And let's just say they get, um, you know, upset at that. Well, you can point to the Bible, but are you attempting to establish an argument in good faith? On their terms or on the law's terms? Because there's a subjectivity here. Now, I feel like in that specific case, the law would take your side because you have the Bible. But what if you didn't have the Bible? What if you said something um, about somebody that was true, but you couldn't prove it? This is the gray area that's so concerning. Are you spending time in jail or are you walking free? Why would you even... in my mind, in, why would Canada even penalize speech? And this is why in the United States, I don't believe hate speech exists. Um, maybe some of you out there have seen some Stephen Crowder videos. Um, maybe some Ben Shapiro. Um, I'm a big fan. I disagree with some of their stuff, but as, in regards to hate speech, I like what they're saying. Especially Stephen Crowder. He says it doesn't exist. And at first I thought, of well, of course it exists. I can say hateful things. But that's just it. I can say hateful things, but in terms of the law, hate speech does not exist. Because in the United States, hate speech is protected speech. Essentially, hate speech doesn't exist because it's free speech. And this is part of the libertarian aspect with the non-aggression principle. If I'm not harming you, if I'm not violating your rights, I should be able to do whatever I want on a political platform, on a social platform, if I say something hateful, it's just a saying. It, They're just words. You know, in the old times, in the old-fashioned days, people used to buck up and grow up, have thick skin. Um, but we, we don't have that today. We have safe spaces. We have um, parents who coddle their children. We have professors who coddle their students. It's It's a scary time. <laughs> Um, Especially in college campuses. I mean, I talked, let's see, uh, in my last episode, I talked about socialism, which is another thing that's rampant on college campuses. If you're a college student right now, um, I used to be a college student. You probably have a leg up on me because I dropped down. Um, But I'm challenging you as a college student to read some books on socialism, read some books on hate speech, canada's criminal code do your own reading instead of following the mold um you're going to be much better off for it and in the last the last part of that um point b of uh, the good faith in the religious bit is quote an opinion on a religious subject or an opinion based on a belief in a religious text uh, so the issue with this last bit is that aside from religion anything else offensive is subject to prison Um, If you said, quote, I hate Jews, end quote, in public, you could be fined or arrested. Assuming you couldn't support it with a legitimate viewpoint. Just, and by the way, I can say this because I'm part Jewish. But if I went out in the street and I said, I hate Jews. Or if I went up to a specific person who I knew was Jewish and I said, I I hate you because you're Jewish. I could be, or subjected, to punishment. By law enforcement. That is what baffles my mind. Because... You can say that, and then they'll lock you up, or they'll fine you, or whatever the punishment is. Let's just take prison. Let's say you can't pay a fine, and, and you get put in prison. At the end of the day, they are suppressing your rights. And that person who you said you hated because of their ethnicity or because of their religion, they don't get compensated. There's nothing that changes really in their life. And that's and, and we got to see the biblical principle here. The Bible condemns hate speech, or what you would consider it to be. It condemns hateful rhetoric. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for, for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And this is what's crazy, because liberals and leftists and people who hate the Bible but advocate for laws of hate speech don't understand that the Bible condemns Hateful rhetoric. The Bible condemns being hateful. So I don't understand why they would want to tear something like the Bible down. Uh, Actually, I do understand. I believe it's because they have a misinterpreted view of the Bible. They see things in the Old Testament... Um, these quote-unquote hateful acts that a a judgmental god would do, and then they just dispel the whole thing altogether. But they don't know the context. They don't know the historical value uh, or the historical context, the the writer's, the author's style, the original language this was written in. Uh, They don't don't know any of that, so they, they dispel it so easily, thinking that all of it is useless. And that that's tragic because um for those of us who you know know our bibles we know that the bible is a tool that is used for correction and reproof and um that it may establish the christian man and 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 help him become a godly person um so that's my little rant about um uh, the hate speech, it goes on in the criminal code. Uh, point C says, if the statements were relevant to any subject of public interest, the discussion of which was for the public benefit, and if on reasonable grounds he believed to be true, or if in good faith he intended to point out for the purpose of removal matters producing or tending to produce feelings of hatred toward an identifiable group in hatred. Uh, again, with the relativity here, it all of it's just relative and subjective, Um, I mean, who's to say what the public interest is, or public benefit, or on whose reasonable grounds, mine or yours, the government's, you know, bill across the street, it says reasonable grounds, and the problem with that phrase is because reason is a continuously changing definition, if you will, it's continuously changing because we have a society that is continuously changing. Um, the Bible says, woe to those who call good evil and evil good. We are seeing that today. People are, are literally calling abortion good. They're calling um, people who advocate against abortion evil. And and all of this other crazy stuff, we're seeing the biblical words come true today. Uh, and so that just goes back to my point. On, on whose reasonable grounds it's written into the code as if there's a... A singular, um, unchanging definition for what that is, and and the sad truth of that is, it's whatever the government wants it to be. It's an agenda that it will continuously change, with the government's changing agenda. And we should go off of God's morality because God's morality is a never-changing morality. It is a always consistent, always reliable. Morality—it's a set, set in stone standard for how we should live our lives. I'm going to move on now to political correctness. This is the this is the the other side of the coin, um, of of hate speech. It starts with political correctness. You see a bunch of these comedians getting in trouble for things they're saying. In the old days, going back to the old days again, comedians could get away with anything, and that was that's what what comedy was. I'm not saying we should partake in that comedy, but. That's what comedy was. Nobody really saw anything wrong with it. They were offensive. And sometimes funny jokes, as crass as they can be, are offensive. But the problem is when you politically correct these things, when you impose, again, those changing standards, um, you're going to restrict speech um, from businesses and, and etc. Um, here's 11 examples of political correctness. Uh, that I just pulled from uh, from the internet. Uh, you get, can find much more than these, um, but I only have time to go over about 11 of these, so I'm going to try my best to get through these. Uh, number one, the BBC has dropped the use of the terms Before Christ, BC, and Anno domini, AD, on one of their programs, and decided that the terms Before Common Era and Common Era are more appropriate. Now, this Uh, This really kind of ticks me off because for all of human history, (laughs) before Christ, ironically, I'm sorry, after Christ, um, ironically, we've gone off of this timeline. Uh, Number two is the European Parliament introduced proposals to outlaw titles stating marital status such as Miss and Mrs. so as not to cause offense. It also meant that Madam and uh, Mademoiselle, Frau and Fraulein, and Senora and Senorita would be banned. Why? Most of the political correctness, most of it, is not helpful. It is not productive. There's no productive change. It in this case, it actually decreases the productivity. It's less efficient because now, how are we going to tell if someone is married? Okay, so uh, Mrs. We're just going to call everybody Miss. Our Misses, our or, or Mister. Everybody's a Mister. That's where I see this going. Everybody's just going to be a Mister or a Señor. I see a problem with that because I think men and women are different, which today, weirdly, is a radical uh, statement. Um, Michael Knowles, a um, political analyst for the for the Daily Wire, got in some big trouble for saying that same thing. He said, men are not women. There's a biological, anatomical, uh, mental difference between the two. Men are simply not women. And so we've used, we've created terms to separate and identify. It's ridiculous. Moving on to number three. Throughout several U.S. councils and organizations, any term using the word man as a prefix or suffix has been ruled as not being politically correct. Manhole is now referred to uh, as a utility or maintenance hole. Inefficient change to cater to a very small uh, group of people who have a very powerful agenda. Um, Number four... um, there's a cartoon, Dennis the Menace, big thing in the 90s, early 2000s. Uh, has been given a politically correct change. Um, they uh, they're getting rid of his bum. So Dennis the Menace was this character who he was a kid and he caused a bunch of trouble. They made a, a live um, live action movie based off of the character, uh, and he just basically harassed the, the older people, older people, and. Um, it, if you've read the comic books, uh, Calvin and Hobbes, he was a lot like Calvin. Um, but they've taken away his bombs, catapult, water pistol, pea shooter, um, and in their place, just a, just a smile, a boyish grin is what this, this thing says. I, I disagree with this just because um, I grew up watching Looney Tunes. I watched um, Bugs Bunny blow up Daffy Duck's face. You know, I watched Daffy Duck blow up Daffy Duck's face. Everybody blew up Daffy Duck's face with a gun or with a bomb or whatever it was. It, I didn't know... Most of the people growing up watching Looney Tunes, these great, iconic, classic cartoons, didn't grow up wanting to blow up people because they grew up. And they they realized... I mean, even as kids, we realized they're cartoons. That's what they, they are. They're silly cartoons. Um, so it's the same thing here. Um, a school in Seattle renamed its Easter eggs "Spring Spheres" to avoid causing offense to people who did not celebrate Easter. Uh, I heard this thing about a, about a, a handshake. Oh man, I don't know where I saw it um, and what area it was pertaining to, but it was talking about just a simple handshake now um, is is being seen as misogynistic, and and I bet my my next paycheck that it was about something in California or over in, over in that region, but it, it's changing the lifestyle. And and sooner or later, people are going to realize that there are natural ways. There are there's a natural order to things, and the more you stray from that natural order, which is God's order, um, the more in trouble you're going to find yourself. Uh, let's see here. Moving on, um, a UK council has banned the term brainstorming, and uh, they replaced it with thought showers, as local lawmakers thought the term may offend. Uh, epileptics okay (laughs) some of this some of this stuff there's a difference there's a stark line I do want to make this clear Um, being thoughtful with your speech um, and and being you know if you're addressing somebody Ben Shapiro Ben Shapiro said this he and Jordan Peterson also um, they both said that if they're talking one on one with somebody and that person says Hey, you know, I would like you to address me as, you know, a she, even though it's a, it's a guy. You know, they might do it just to consider their feelings in check, which I, I, don't necessarily agree with. Um, if I was speaking one-on-one with somebody with a transgender person, um, I wouldn't try to offend them, but I would stick to my principles. Um, but, but they said that they wouldn't try to offend anybody, but they just, they disagree with the mandatory change in dialect. They disagree with. How dare you try to force me to call you know people who are not men men and and I'm big on that too I don't want to be forced to call them that I disagree with our lifestyle uh, moving on <clears throat> in 2007 Santa Clauses in Sydney Australia were banned from saying ho 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 uh, their employer the recruitment firm Westaff um, told trainees that ho 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 could frighten children and be derogatory to women. Um, um, and then of course the very popular, uh, happy holidays instead of a Merry Christmas or, um, you know, a holiday tree instead of a Christmas tree, um, just, and this ties in with, they're trying to get rid of every single thing that relates to Christ that relates to Jesus and God. They get, they're getting rid of the Ten Commandments in courthouses. They're getting rid of the Bible at hearings. They're getting rid of um, the name God at schools. There's a big war on that. There, there's the agenda being lobbied to get rid of religion altogether. People are saying that when you go to college, there shouldn't be a place for your religion. It should be a place of learning. Well, I am of their belief that your religion is part of your learning. Your beliefs should be influenced by what you learn. This is why I think that the Bible is backed up by science. I'll, I'll get to that topic in a further episode down the road. But um, I believe that the Bible is backed up by science. It's backed up by archaeology. It's backed up by history. It is a, a historical book. Um, and I would love more than anything to chat with you guys um, more about that. And I would love to chat with you guys individually. So please email me uh, the New Thought Project at gmail.com. You can always Facebook message me too. Um, But for today, that is the conclusion of our show. Just me ranting about um, hate speech um, and political correctness. In summary, I I don't think hate speech exists um, as a legislative um, idea. Um, But if you guys disagree, again, you're always free to email me. Uh, As always, um, you know, I didn't mean to offend anybody if i've offended you i apologize Um, i'm just speaking what i believe to be truth and um, and i advocate always for civil discourse all right well that is the end of our show today thank you for listening to the new thought project i am your host benjamin tankersley and tune in next week for episode four